A reading from Baruch. Take off the garment of your sorrow and affliction, O Jerusalem, and put on forever the beauty of the glory from God. Put on the robe of the righteousness that comes from God. Put on your head the diadem of glory of everlasting, for God will show your splendor everywhere under heaven. For God will give you evermore the name righteous, peace, godly glory. Arise, O Jerusalem, stand upon the height. Look towards the east and see your children gathered from the west and east at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that God has remembered them. For they went out from you on foot, led away by their enemies, but God will bring them back to you, carried in glory as on a royal throne. For God has ordered that every high mountain and everlasting hills be made low and the valleys filled up to make level ground so that Israel may walk safely in the glory of God. The woods and ever-fragrant tree have shaded Israel at God's command. For God will lead Israel with joy in the light of his glory, with the mercy and righteousness that comes from him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart for all of your share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense of co- and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how long I long for all of you with the compassion of Jesus of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may, be over, may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, When Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, 
the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, Every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Christmas takes us on quite a journey, our preparation for it and our participation in it, both literally and at a deeper level. In a literal, immediate sense, the season is demanding and exhausting. I'm sure we all have lists of things to do today, things that we have to get to that take our attention and our energy. It's also emotionally exhausting. You might be grieving the loss of a loved one or missing old traditions or the sadness of life comes to the surface. And we hang out with our families a lot. But it also is difficult in terms of thinking about our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering in ways greater than we can imagine in constant poverty and in violence. But here in Christmas, it takes us also to the essence of love and hope, to the essence of God, that going out beyond ourselves, that birth of God into the world, and our witness and participation in that, We celebrate Christmas only once a year, but the birth of God into the world is ongoing. It happens all the time, and this celebration is just a reminder of that occurrence and an invitation for us to participate in this. We participate in this ongoing birth of God into the world through our awareness of what's happening and our ongoing choices to engage with it and to experience this phenomenal love. Today's readings direct us towards this possibility of experiencing God's love being born in us and with us with God's grace. Can you imagine being present for the birth of Christ actually being there, the sense of miracle, of a new birth. This experience of the birth of Christ with us in our world is what God most deeply desires for us. And God has given us everything we need to experience that. We are holy vessels. In 1 Corinthians, we're asked, Do you not know 
that your bodies are temples of God. We are vessels exquisitely fashioned and explicitly fashioned to participate in the birth of God's love into this world through our awareness and our choices. Often when we talk about preparing the way or getting ready for Christmas spiritually, we think about going to services or lighting our Advent candle or pausing for prayer, sitting in stillness. And all these practices are essential and life-giving and indispensably important. They're not just obligations or traditions, but through our participation in these practices, God's grace strengthens us. But preparing for Christmas through spiritual practices also calls us to um, a certain couple of clarifications. One is that we, we can tend to think that this participation happens in one area over here, in church, in our spiritual lives. And then there's this other area over here, which we call life, or sometimes we call it our real life, the place where we're hurriedly stopping at the grocery store or struggling to make our technology work or arguing with our family or um, sitting on hold with Netflix to figure out why our auto payment didn't go through, which I did for an hour yesterday. Um, And a second clarification is that it isn't just a passively showing up to services, but an active participation. We're called to an active participation throughout our lives, through our awareness and ongoing choices to engage in the birth of love into the world. And our scriptures today point us towards some clues about our participation, our active participation. In Baruch, we hear, take off the garment of your sorrow and affliction. Our sorrows and affliction can often come to us when we have this tendency to roll back into ourselves and forget that God is with us always and forget that we're a part of the wholeness of this world, the wholeness of loving ourselves and one another and God. In Baruch, we also hear, put on your head the diadem of the glory of the everlasting. This diadem is a crown. It's the symbol of our dignity and our authority in God and with God. John the Baptist, we are told, came into all the regions preaching the baptism of repentance. This is the baptism which Christ participated in and the baptism which we have participated in, instilled with God's grace and lifting us towards making certain commitments to participate with it, to participate in love and justice, to renounce darkness, to put our trust in God, to commit to Jesus, to commit to participating in this holy birth of Christ's love. We are told of the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, the prophet, which is God's wisdom in the world, crying out in the wilderness. This wilderness is the place that we forget that we're part with God, that God is with us, that we're not alone, that we don't have to do everything in our life alone. 
that we're part of one another in this corporate body of Christ and that we're called to participate in that. One of the ways that we can engage and prepare and participate through our everyday lives is through our ongoing decisions. For example, we think about ourselves as a vessel of God. This vessel needs care in order to use our gifts to their fullest, to love others. And we also think about the need to love others and to give to others. And so it calls to mind a choice at times. How much do I need to take care of myself to allow whatever gifts of spirit can work through me to allow these gifts to be fully realized? And where in my day and life do I need to lay aside my self-interest to care for others? How much can I let go of what I think I need or what I'm accustomed to get to go out on a limb and love outrageously and generously the way Jesus did? We look out at this hurting world and we look at our family members and our community and we wonder, how, how can I help? And we have to make this ongoing discernment. What do I need in order to take care of this holy vessel and what can I give? You might have examples in your own life about discernments like this that you have to make all the time. Recently on a Wednesday, I wanted to get up and go to the Eucharist service at seminary in particular because a friend of mine, one of the fellow seminarian, was preaching. But I was exhausted. I'd had about four hours of sleep. And after the Wednesday morning Eucharist, I had a continual schedule of classes, appointments, meetings, and gatherings that would take me to 9.30 at night. So what can I do? I sat on the edge of the bed, and I was praying, and I realized I really couldn't go. In order to be responsible for the rest of my day and to show up, I really needed to lay down. And it was an act of humility, like, oh, I can't do it all. I know that a number of my fellow seminarians and I have wrestled with a choice when a family member dies across the country and we're at school. We don't have a lot of money to take a flight. It's very difficult to take time out for what is required of us to get done at seminary and it's a hard discernment and a number of us have had to make it one way or the other, choosing to love by not going or choosing to love by going. Another way that we are called to this discernment between taking care of ourselves and taking care of others has to do with what can we give to the world. In this passage that we heard in Luke this morning, a little further down, John says, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. And in the 4th century, St. Basil reiterated this, saying, When someone steals another's clothes, we call them a thief. Should we not give the same name to one who could clothe the naked and does not? The coat unused in your closet belongs to the one who needs it. The shoes rotting in your closet belong to the one who has new shoes. The money which you hoard up belongs to the poor. This calls us to this ongoing discernment. Where do I need to take care of myself and love myself? And where am I called to love others and care for others? 
How can I best prepare a way for love and goodwill for all to be born into this world? These discernments aren't easy, and they require of us to pay attention, to stop and pray, and to lovingly remind, remind ourselves of the kinds of choices that we're making to most fully birth the love of God into the world. We are called to notice where our paths aren't straight. We're called to notice where we're maybe being too hard on ourselves and not taking care of ourselves enough. Or maybe where we fall into pride and do something because we feel if we take care of ourselves that we'll appear weak and be judged. These discernments have no formulaic answer. It's a a discernment that calls us to pause and pray and be with God and face ourselves and hold ourselves accountable while also loving ourselves tenderly the way Christ loves us. We are bearing Christ's love into the world through the commandment he gave us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. In many ways, this is simple, but it's not easy. It requires making the paths within us open and clear. It requires us to put on God, put on the dignity and integrity that God has given us to integrate our presence in the church to all of our lives, to clear the paths in our inner landscape and shed light and awareness on what's inside of us and what we're doing and what we're choosing, noticing all our choices and making them with God's help and with great love. It takes more to experience the ongoing birth of Christ in our lives than simply being nice people who go to church. It demands a lot of us. But this work to be a holy vessel through which God is born into the world is what we are made of and what we are made for. Morton Kelsey, an Episcopal priest and writer, once wrote that the fact that Christ was born in a stable is a great consolation for us all. Because if Jesus was born in that foul-smelling, dark, humble, cold, and dirty place, then none of us can say, I'm not good enough to bear the birth of Christ and Christ's love into the world. This is experiencing your splendor everywhere under heaven. This is putting on forever the beauty of the glory from God. And there's nothing in this world that's worth keeping us from that fulfillment. There's nothing worth not doing this for. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.